0: Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. All the business owners that I'm speaking to, from my clients to potential clients to business friends, everyone is focused on making their business as lean as possible So today's episode is part one of a two-part series on lean teams and this two-part series is designed to support you to be able to review your existing team, review the way you're operating and check in if you're operating in the most lean way possible not from the angle of how much you're spending, but from the angle of are you working as efficiently as possible? Are you getting the most out of your investment, which is the spend that you're making to pay people to work with you in your business? So, In this series, over the next two episodes, I'm going to be sharing with you four critical elements. And these are strategies that you need to have in place. And I'm going to share two in this episode and two in the next episode. And these strategies, these elements apply whether you are an entrepreneur starting out and you've just hired your first person or maybe you've got one or two Or if you're a more seasoned business owner with a team of 10, 20, 30, and you want to optimize your team, make them as lean as possible, but as effective as possible. So these insights are going to be valuable for you no matter where you are on your journey. So let's dive right in. The first essential element to have a lean and effective team in a small growing business is clear communication. Now, even if you think you're already good at this, I really want you to still listen because there is always room to improve. Every single client, every single business owner that I talk to, lots of people aren't great at communication, but even those that are good at communication who've been working on it for a little while still have scope to be better. And when we're thinking about looking at our team and making them as lean as possible and as effective as possible, we constantly want to be reviewing, could this be better? So effective communication is the backbone of any successful team, especially in a small business where often everybody is wearing multiple hats, resources are limited, and The importance of clear and effective communication, it can't be overstated or underestimated in its power to really significantly make a difference. So the way that you can review if you are working or operating with clear communication, if you're communicating in the most optimum way, is to ask yourself these three questions. The first one is, do we have clear channels Communication. So, this means a designated channel for different types of communication. So, do you have a place where people communicate about project updates? Do you have a place or a way that people communicate if something is urgent? And do you have a place for general discussions that aren't particularly urgent, but we want to save that information? Or are you, in fact, operating in a way where everything's lumped together? So, for example, in my business, we have three major modes of communication. Our predominant or our, our major one is ClickUp, And that is where we communicate with each other about projects, about processes, and business as usual goes in there. We have Slack which is where we have day-to-day conversations that aren't particularly urgent and aren't actually specifically related to a task. So for example, if somebody's you know sharing with me an image and they're looking for my approval, they'd put that in Slack, for example. And then our third mode of communication is Voxer. And that is the place where we communicate all urgent things. So if somebody needs an instant response, if somebody is like, hey, I've got a quick question, I need you know an answer from you really quickly, we put that in Voxer. And so you can see that there are three clear channels and they have different modes. They have different reasons that you would use them my team know that I will only log into ClickUp once a week at best because it's project stuff, you know, it's task-related stuff, it's not particularly important and therefore I don't prioritize going in there every day. At best, I go in there once a week. Slack, I'll go into every couple of days because again, it's when I'm doing my admin, it's on my CEO days. However, Voxer, I will check at least twice a day. So you can see that that's my example and you can also hear how clear that is. So when somebody new joins my business, they get those parameters, those rules mapped out for them and that is the way we work. So, somebody needs a response from me quickly, they don't put a, a question on ClickUp and tag me. You can imagine if this wasn't really clear, if we didn't have these clear channels mapped out, and someone was working on something with a deadline, they were working on it in the ClickUp system because it was a project and they wanted a response from me and they tagged me and I hadn't been really clear with them saying, hey, that's not a priority place for me. At best, I go in there once a week. Then it would be really easy for that project to get stuck, that person to get frustrated and for it to not flow very well. So that's just my example. And that won't be right for you, but that's what's right for us. So my question to you is, do you have clear channels in your business and do you have defined like rules when you should use each one or is everything being lumped in together? So that's the first question, the first review point for looking at this critical element of having a lean team, which is clear communication. The second question that I want you to ask yourself is, have I set crystal clear expectations. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, this is not a new question that you're hearing me ask or ask you to ask yourself. So, as part of reviewing, do we have clear communication? Am I encouraging and supporting my team to be as lean and efficient as they can be? I want you to ask yourself, have I set crystal clear expectations? And that means, does every single team member explicitly know and understand their roles and responsibilities? Have the person's roles and responsibilities evolved since you wrote it down or since they came on board? And do you need to update it? Does each person have a clearly defined goal being something that they're working on, something that they can track and measure? Am I making progress towards this thing? Maybe it's a big goal, maybe it's a project, maybe it's a 90-day goal, or maybe it's just smaller weekly things that they need to make sure they're ticking off that demonstrates a cadence or a rhythm of the way they're doing their role. So can everybody track and measure to your expectations for each project and each task that they're completing? that's the way you know if everybody has crystal clear expectations and when though when it's crystal clear you know it's crystal clear because there aren't misunderstandings there aren't tangents there isn't confusion there isn't rework happening so ask yourself has there been a misunderstanding recently you know are there misunderstandings often and if the answers to either of those is yes then perhaps there's some room for you to clean up and clear up your expectations And this isn't about how lovely people are, how much people are trying, you know, how much, you know, you can see the effort they're putting in. It's totally separate. This is the black and white question of do they absolutely know without any uncertainty what they need to do by when and what a successful outcome, what done looks like. It's a yes or no answer that you're looking for there. And then the third question for you to review your clear communication, if it's as clear as it could be, is am I conducting regular check-ins with each person on the team? Now, depending on the setup of your team, your regular check-ins may be a regular team meeting or it may be a team meeting and individual check-ins or it may just be individual check-ins because you need to be regularly checking in and having a conversation on progress, roadblocks, and discussing and clarifying expectations and priorities. So regular check-ins is one of those things that definitely I see falling by the wayside particularly in busy periods. So I see it really often, you know, perhaps they naturally happen when somebody's new into a role and you're sort of teaching and training and getting them up to speed, but then often they fall away. However, regular ongoing check-ins foster open communication. And since we're talking about the first critical element to a lean and effective team being clear communication This is how regular check-ins will foster that. They foster open communication. They provide an opportunity for your team to voice their concerns, to share ideas, to bring things to the table. I really want you to hear that last bit. They're not just for you to bring up something you need to. They're not just for you to train someone in something they need to know. They are for your team to be able to bring things up in an easy way And to bring up those small things before they turn into big things. So the next layer of this communication conversation is, is everyone actively listening? So do you have a culture in those regular check-ins, whether they're a team meeting or they're a one-on-one meeting, is everybody, is both people or is the whole group actively listening? Or do you have like a bit of a culture or a norm where someone's just waiting for their turn to speak and then they switch off in between their turn. So part of this first element, this lean effective team under this clear communication banner is looking at your the way you're communicating with each other and checking, is it open? Is it engaged? Is everybody active listening? Because in a small business, a lean team means that everyone needs to be listening paying attention because everyone's wearing multiple hats and everybody's roles cross over into each other. So we need to be listening in, which is often why a group or a team meeting is necessary so everybody gets to hear the little things because it probably will affect them doing their role. So the first element, it's a big one, isn't it? Like it's easy for us to sit here and go clear communication, tick, but actually when we peel back the layers, what can seem simple actually is quite complex and it's easy for communication to be really good and then get a little bit stuck and become less good within a business and it often therefore needs to be reviewed and improved and constantly worked on. So that was the first element, clear communication. Let's dive straight into the second element that we're covering today and that is efficient workflow processes. As a small business, your business naturally needs to do more with less. Which is why you can't look around at the way, you know, big businesses or corporates do things and replicate their processes. We need to learn from that example and then translate it into how it's going to work in a small business with low budget, less people. So Your workflow, the work you're actually asking your team to do, needs to be as efficient as humanly possible. And to be efficient, it needs to be well-defined. You'll know from your own experience growing your business, particularly in the startup phase, that when you're constantly doing things differently, when you're constantly working out as you go, when you're constantly varying things a little bit, it takes up definitely a lot of energy but also it takes up more time and therefore it's not efficient whereas when you get into that rhythm of doing the same thing over and over whether it's your offer whether it's the way you you know respond to customers whatever it is that you're doing you'll know from your own experience that when you do things in the same way over and over again with minimal variations then you start to benefit from efficiencies. You start to be able to get more done with the same amount of time. And whilst, you know, standardising what we do and how we do it is often difficult for an entrepreneur, so I get it. If you're sort of there feeling like, oh, that feels restrictive, I get it. Because, you know, you've got a flexible brain that can think of the way that you can make anything work. I get it. But when we're talking about having a lean team, a lean and efficient team, being as efficient, producing as much as possible with your spend, then we really want their workflows to be efficient. And by efficient, we mean doing the same thing in the same way as much as possible. So the questions you can ask yourself to decide, are we being as efficient when it comes to our workflows and processes as possible is this, do we have all our processes documented? So does your business have detailed step-by-step processes documented? And are these documented and stored in a centralized way so that they're owned by your business and everyone on your team can access this? So I'm not talking about, yes, my VA said that she created a process and I don't know where it's stored. It's probably on her computer somewhere. I'm not talking about that. That is not a yes to this question. I'm talking about having a process that is documented, that is centrally stored, where anybody can access and actually people follow. So, you know, are your processes or were your processes created three years ago? Have they actually been reviewed and looked at recently? Did you actually just create them for like onboarding and training and have they sort of fallen by the wayside? So, what I'm trying to get you to think about here is the concept of getting your team or ensuring your team are executing in a consistent way every single time. Checking to see if they're bringing a flair of creativity to the way they do their jobs, to the way they do their processes Or are they doing it in the same way every time to be as efficient as possible? Now, don't get me wrong. Creativity is great if you're designing a new image or maybe if you're doing something on your socials. Creativity can be great, but not if you're trying to achieve operational efficiency. Processes, tasks, things that are executed in the same way consistently with minimal variations will in turn minimize mistakes and will maximize time. Okay, so then the next question you get to ask yourself under this second element, this second banner of efficient workflow processes is automation. Have we reviewed everything that we're doing? And am I confident that that we are as automated as we can be? So, how recently did you do a review of what's getting done and whether there's an automation opportunity? Is it time to do it again? Are there repetitive tasks that can be automated? So, for example, in my business, we recently automated, it's tiny, but like Zoom link, Zoom meetings, so, you know, a Zoom recording, I should say, being saved into a Google Drive. So, we had this process whereby my assistant would go and grab my recorded Zoom meetings, and put them in a place so my clients could access them for 30 days. And one of the ways that we realized recently that we could automate this was by having a ZAP, which automatically downloaded it, saved it into a Google Drive. So you can potentially automate aspects of your email marketing, your customer follow-up, you know, perhaps part of your delivery or your onboarding client cycle. And there are tools like, I just said ZAP, but there are tools like Zapier, that's actually what it's called, um, you know, there's lots of tools that you can use that can automate that for you. And often those automations are available within your existing CRMs or your project management tools. And you can get things talking to each other. And it's really easy. And one of the things that I see all the time, and look, I did it myself, is to think, oh, that only takes a minute. So we won't worry about automating, or it only takes a minute, so we'll just do it that way. And sure, but if we're looking to try and make our teams as lean and as efficient as possible, there's always room for more automation. And as I said, Zapier is a fantastic starting point as a tool, but I am not a tech whiz. So this is not a tech podcast. Do not take your tech advice from me. And it's not your job to necessarily work it out in your business. So my job and your job as the business owner is to simply ask the question, hey, there's a repeatable task, it doesn't require any thinking, could that be automated? And get someone else to go and do the research, the thinking, the analysis and set up the automation if it's available to you. Okay, so the last review point for workflow efficiency that I want to talk to you about is to simply review your work processes. So asking yourself, are our processes as simple and as optimized as possible. So I had a client or I have a client who, when they take on somebody new in an assistant role into like an operations assistant role, it typically used to take that person about four to six weeks to get up to speed in their business. Now, that time period suggested to me that there's a layer of complexity that needs to be looked at within that role and within that business. So the review question that I'm putting to you so that you can ask yourself, are our workflows and our processes as efficient as possible is, is there room for this to be simplified? Can we simplify our processes? Have we optimized them as much as possible? So looking at things like where are the bottlenecks? Where does it feel like someone needs special expertise to be able to execute this task within the business? And does that still need to be the case? Or can we actually simplify what we're doing, what we're asking, or how we're doing it? And also looking around at are there things that we can remove. So, onboarding somebody new, for example, you know, whilst staff turnover hundred percent is disruptive and it's a distraction, it's also an incredible time in your business to look at where have things gotten overcomplicated, where are we doing things because the person has sat in the role for a long time and they could do something really easily or quickly that maybe isn't needed to that level or maybe not needed at all. And I really encourage you to ask your team for feedback, ask them for suggestions on what takes a long time, what's the most manual, or what would be really hard for someone else to just step in and do. And by asking those questions and getting their feedback, you'll get some information and some insight into, hmm, have we created something here that's unnecessarily complex? Can we simplify it? is it really important? How much is our client or whoever is experiencing or, you know, the result of this thing we're doing, how necessary is it? How valued is it? Would anybody notice if we stopped doing this? So that's how we look at, that's how you can look at, are your processes as simple as possible? And are you really optimizing the process and the things that you're asking your team to do? and this area is can constantly be tweaked and reviewed and so it's something that you can definitely go down a rabbit hole so but i do suggest you do it you know definitely do it now if you're on the lean team review sort of bandwagon but then maybe also schedule to do it every three or six months because we don't want to be constantly tweaking things because we want to be doing the same thing over and over but we just want to do a pause or you know put a line in the sand and look at it and go could we be doing it better could we simplify things what can we stop doing and then review it again in three months time because if we can automate remove or simplify any of these things from our processes, from what we're asking our team to do, then we get to free up everyone's brains to focus more on strategic tasks, strategic thinking that will naturally help you to grow your revenue and ultimately make more profit. Okay, so that is part one in the Lean Team series. And today we've covered the first two critical elements to making sure that you have um, the most lean and efficient team possible. And I hope that this has given you already lots to think about. So to recap really quickly, we've peeled back the layers of clear communication, and I've asked you to ponder, do you have clear channels of communication? Are your expectations crystal clear does everybody know how to track and measure to your expectations and do you have regular check-ins and is the way you're currently regularly checking in with individuals and team as appropriate is it sufficient is it encouraging and fostering the most efficient team possible and then the second element we talked about was efficient workflow processes and the layers within that and the questions that you need to ask yourself is, is everything documented? Is there a central place where everybody can access the processes and do they follow them or were they just written and then forgotten? When was the last time we looked at automation? Are there some automation opportunities? Maybe there's one or two there for you. And are our processes or our workflow as simple as they can be? And is this anything being done that's unnecessary. Okay, so that's it for today. I encourage you to tune in next week for part two of the Lean Efficient Teams series. And as always, I'd love to hear what you think. So leave me a review. I'd love it if you click over and give me a five-star review if that's what feels appropriate to you. You know, share this podcast on your socials as it all helps so much. I love to hear your feedback, but it also helps so much to get the podcast in the ears of other amazing business owners like you, particularly because everyone's striving for a lean business at the moment. And of course, if you want to have a chat privately about your business you're always welcome to reach out to me over on instagram chat in the dms or jump on a dream team discovery call over at paulamaidens.com. okay so i'll be back here for lean teams part two where we'll be exploring the next two the final two critical elements that you need to have in place and review to make sure your team is as lean as possible so until then have fun